Welcome back to the Midlife Crisis Task Force. My name is Poncho. I'm Lefty. And I'm the amazing Rando. And we're glad to have you back. Uh, tonight we're going to be delving into the second in our Trash for the Masses series in which we roast a bad film. Since it's Christmas, we decided to do a Christmas-themed one. Uh, usually, now, usually our criteria for these films is that it has to be something none of us have seen before. Or we try to pick films none of us have seen before. I'm kind of violating that because I have seen this film before, unfortunately. Our um, rules mean nothing. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Rules are made to be broken. Um, there you go. This is, I'm not sure, what year was this thing from? Does it say, on, did you look up on the IMDb page? Uh, I got it here, yeah. It's a made-for-TV movie from yeah, 2002. Okay, it is 2002's The Christmas Shoes. It's a Hallmark film. So it's going to be about a bunch of white people learning the meaning of Christmas. It stars Rob Lowe. A bunch of rich white people. I hate to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Right. Um, my sister-in-law, my wife's younger sister, discovered this film because she's a huge fan of the West Wing and Rob Lowe was in the West Wing. So she went to check it out. It's a movie based on a song. So you know it's quality. Yes. Right. A song that Jezebel.com in an online poll voted as the worst Christmas song of all time. So, of course, Hallmark had to make a film out of it. I'm getting excited about this. This it's, is going to be great. It's it's going to be something. <laughs> right. Here, let me read you something real quick. It's just the first review. It's the second half of it. I watched the last 15 minutes of this movie. What little I saw was bad. I mean, really bad. So bad that my wife kept yelling at me to stop my MST3K routine while watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. This is going to well, be awesome. Well, guess what we're going to be doing while we're watching this film. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm already getting a semi right now. I know. I am excited now. This is great. All right. All right. Well, so we're going we're gonna to cut now. We're going to watch the film, and then we're going to come back and discuss it, and uh, we'll have a commentary track later. So uh, we're going to go up. Now it's time for the Christmas shoes. You guys ready? Let's do it. All oh, right. Oh, yeah. And we're back. So, was that not the biggest load of steaming sentimental bullshit you've ever seen in your entire life? It, that this, pile yeah. of turds was definitely scented with potpourri. <laughs> it, it was bad. I mean, it was just the worst kind of sentimental garbage it's fake sentimentality you know these one-dimensional characters that supposedly learn lessons and don't act like people would in the real world i mean i don't it's just bad bad movies all i can say out of that entire dumpster fire of a rom well it wasn't even a rom-com it was on you the were... same vein as a rom-com though it's almost a rom-com exactly but two women died you are right. It it definitely had the highest body count of a fucking Hallmark movie ever. But that doesn't even bother me. That doesn't bother me at all. The the crying little kid, don't care. The dad with the bald spot who can't fix a fucking car, don't care. <laughs> what I want to know is what happened to the farmers and the fish, goddammit. If they made if they made that much of an effort to film the fucking scene. It would be nice to know what happened instead of going like, oh, let's have a side quest and then not fucking finish it. 
Well, what do you expect from a Hallmark film? Exactly. I ex I expect cheese. I expect way more attractive women. I expect dumbass more attractive men younger than Rob Lowe. And I expect them to fall in love after movie says we must mash these two people together within the last five minutes of the movie. <laughs> what gets me is just like it, this movie could happen any time of year. It wouldn't have to necessarily be a Christmas movie. It could be a 4th of July film for right. all. I mean. in Valentine's Day, Easter, yeah. it doesn't matter. But what I have to okay, question right, I well, have. I, well, 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 except for Easter. How would you fit the shoes in? I dare you to answer that. Fourth of <laughs> July shoes. Do three it days now. later. Three days later, the mom's alive. They could have been even tackier, red, white, and blue American flag yeah. game shoes. Then well, three days later, the mom's alive and she alive again, and she could put the shoes on. Well, that's well, that's well, that's. I, I answered your question. Uh, wait, wait, wait! I'm I'm following along with a corollary to your answer is that she would literally rise from the grave deadite style and she'd have white <laughs> shoes on. Uh, white for Easter. White for Easter. Night dude. of the Living Dead. Well, that's what I was say. She could have come up as a zombie. Yeah. We're not, we're not putting anything holy on her. She could have just come up as a traditional zombie and still wore shoes. That would have made for a better ending scene. I mean, it could have had her, Rob Lowe's mom, clawing their way out of the grave 15 years later to the lunchbox in her teeth. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's 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 just schmaltz. It was it was just it's something to it's very very light entertainment to make people feel something at the holidays. I mean, it's all it is. It's just a bad movie that I wouldn't give two. Sh I don't give two shits for. You know? No, I, I never would have watched this if my um. My sister-in-law hadn't gotten so obsessed with it because she, because Rob Lowe was at it, and she thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> this making making us watch this just makes me feel like it's her fault, and we need to write her <laughs> a very sternly worded letter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, but Hallmark has just made an industry out of these. I mean, last year I remember at Christmas somebody on Facebook or Reddit or somewhere put up compilation of like 12 of these movies that they mm -hmm. were coming out with this particular year and they all had the same it was like the promo picture for each one and it was the same fucking picture in every one it was just a different set of attractive white people standing in the center of the frame that's what people want so, okay if that's the case i definitely saw a unique one when i went to visit my stepmom because the girl was an indian girl oh oh, oh no that's different uh yeah, I mean, dot, not feather, but right. I mean, she was an extremely attractive Indian girl. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is meant to make money. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she ended up with a doofus white dude. Uh, don't, I don't get it. Well, the thing that I see, and I mean, let's, I'll be honest with you, this is the first one of these movies I've seen all the way through ever. But I've been uh. scrolling through pictures of these other examples of hallmark movies and there's just certain things that it, it really bugs me and it bugs me about any kind of drama or romantic movie or romantic comedy all these people have money okay <laughs> yeah a lot of nobody it. a lot of it the yeah maybe the dad with the car thing was 
you know, car um, garage was struggling some, but there really wasn't any indication that they were poor. No. And th- it's always that. I mean, I know, I guess people, uh, people don't want to go see a romantic comedy based in fucking, I don't, Ames, Iowa. They want to see somebody that can afford to go to goddamn Cancun or something, but still, it's, it's always the same type of people, rich, white people. Well, you can only watch West Side Story so many times, I guess. Well, I guess, but it's 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 a formula, and I guess it works because they've been doing these for fucking ever. They keep it is okay, out. and you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. We have been complaining about this movie. I know I have for a while now. We probably ought to take a quick step back and give a synopsis of what the fuck we just suffered through. Yeah, for the people that don't want to watch the commentary watch it with our and, commentary yeah and also i think after that we should try to bite the bullet and bo- each one of us find one positive out of it God. so the plot plot of this film is based <laughs> on a song it is based on a song ah! also called the christmas shoes which as i said at the top of this episode jezebel.com voted as the worst christmas song of all time and it's about a little boy who wants to buy his mom some shoes because she's dying and he wants her to look nice when she meets Jesus and guy buys as you, as you do. Yeah. yeah. As you do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shoes and nothing else. Yeah. So the, the, the story is you meet this in this movie, you meet, um, who would be, I guess Rob Lowe's the main character. Rob Lowe's a, he's, he's a lawyer who's a work, never sees his family, never goes to his daughter's recitals or anything like that. And we've also got this other lady who is a teacher at the school. She finds out she's dying. And her son becomes obsessed with with gathering up cans to make money to buy her shoes so she'll look nice when she goes to Jesus. That's basically it. And Rob Lowe learns the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> I will add, at the very end, though, um, the woman does not end up with the shoes because he places them on her grave 15 years later. Yes, yes. The, but what was the fucking the point? Is Rob Lowe and the now grown kid meeting at a cemetery on Christmas Day 15 years later, and the kid has, for some reason, they didn't bury the mom with the shoes. The kid still has them. And 15 years after she dies, he leaves them in the snow on her grave at Christmas Eve and drives away. Yeah, Here, here's the thing, though. Apparently, he, as a young child puts the shoes on his dying mother's feet who had an incredible pedicure my <laughs> uh well if you want shoes to look nice for jesus you want your nails to your toenails to look nice for that's jesus. true well that's true the bible's full of stories about people washing feet so yeah that's true um especially the ones with hair i mean the, i mean washing with hair sorry not feet with hair but washing with hair anyway that's beside the point uh, he puts the shoes on the mother's feet as you watch the movie through the ending. Apparently the mother dies with the shoes on her feet. So somehow they get the shoes back, whether they yanked them off when she went or whether they got them back from the funeral home. We don't know. So, or some bitch from Kansas stole them and went on an adventure. Exactly. He had to get them back. Are you kidding? If Dorothy would have clicked them shoes three times, she would have ended up at Family Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Those shoes were ugly. They were very AF. ugly shoes. They were. Yes. They, they were, were ugly. Yeah. All right, let's let's try. 
I'm not saying that we can, but let's each try to have one positive. Mm. Well, I will say Kimberly Williams, who plays the dying woman, I thought she did a good job. I thought she did a very good job in that role. Um, She's very very emotional. You really felt for her. I will give her that. She did a good job in that role. All right. How about you, Rando? Okay. All right. I got to agree. I mean, she was the only actor in this entire thing other than maybe the kid playing her child that actually seemed to give a damn. Everybody else was there. And that's what makes this whole thing weird is that you've got Rob Lowe at the beginning of the film. And who's the only name actor in the entire film. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, Kimberly Williams, for those who may not know, she was in the Father of the Bride films, the the newer ones with Steve Martin. Uh, uh, So she's like the only other, you know, really recognizable name, possibly. All right. So here's the weird thing is that the writing in this film is so bad that your focus as the audience is to try to split your energy trying to follow two completely different families at the same time whose only connection is that the mom of one family is ill and the other mom, instead of taking a high paying lucrative job, takes over as the volunteer at a school for the other mom who was volunteering at the school for the chorus, which is evidently not funded by any kind of local, you know, property taxes or anything. (laughs) So the heart of the movie lies in the relationship between the dying mother and her son, because her husband, I mean, he's just there for whatever scenes where the guy is just supposed to go interact with his kid and try to, they, they have a very tiny little, Tell him he can't there. get a puppy. Right. He can't get a puppy, but at the end he gets, they a got puppy. a puppy. Yeah. They got Eddie from Frasier. It looked like. Yeah. So, you know, and then you have on the other side, you've got Rob Lowe and his family, and like he misses a few concerts because he's focused on making money. And his wife is like, You should be there and be making memories with our child. And the problem is, is that they set they set that family dynamic up as if both of them have solid points. So where where do you what do you root for? Either way, in my opinion, you feel bad. You root for the ending. To get yeah. there well, as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. Granted, but like if you side with the mom, you're like, but the dad's killing himself to make money to support you. You side with the dad, and you're like, yeah, you know what? You know, the mom's got a point. He could take off early and go see the kids sing. All right. They both have solid points. So it's like difficult as an audience watching this movie to root for anyone. And basically, the only thing that I think was good in this movie. Uh, is the fact that two people died. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's harsh. <laughs> There's nothing left of the film. Everybody else is made out of cardboard. Well, I tell you what, I love their friend Dalton and his dark tales of Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that, our invention, asshole. That was, that was that our was, invention. No, that was the heart of the movie. <laughs> All of his dark days and values and tales he told <laughs> that's what got them through he taught them survival <laughs> he knew what he was talking about he's the heart of the movie 
<laughs> That's it. You missed the point completely. Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I retract my comment. You're right. If you don't watch, <laughs> not, if you don't watch our commentary, you're not going to understand. You're not going to understand what any of that was about. <laughs> Okay. The thing is, all right, all right. To to to, to whoop, back to reality for a second. Dalton was played by an African American actor who is a a character actor, and he's not a bad actor at all. No, no he's been in a lot. And of he, stuff. He's done a lot. Yeah, of and he plays. He's one of those guys you would go, "Oh, it's that guy." When you right. see him, exactly. Play. Exactly. We yeah, we just decided to take it dark for the hell of it. Uh, but <laughs> but no, he he act, he turned in for what his character was allowed to do, for what he had to work with. Right? Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, he was good. I mean, he was very good. I, I gotta honestly say. Uh, now that being said, he was like one of only two African American people in the entire film. Uh, Poncho, I said you said that uh, there was maybe a, a, an Asian or Asian American person. I saw in one there. Asian woman in um, just in in a scene. She didn't have any lines. She was just in a scene. Oh, I take that back. I take that back. There were there were at least two African American girls in the chorus. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't notice okay. that. Yeah, but let's just say let's just say the words predominantly white. Yes, definitely capture this film. Yes, yes, that's safe to say. Yes, yes. So, anyway, I hope you guys forgive me for subjecting you to that, but uh, misery loves it's company. Gonna it's gonna take a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, the scar is not gonna heal real easy. <laughs> it's all my sister in law's fault when you get right down to it. It's all her fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. All right. Oh well, my God. Let, let that be a lesson to our audience. Never watch Hallmark films. Just, no, yeah. no. Just if don't. you get a chance, if you want to, it's on YouTube. Yeah, that's where we watched it. Yep. We'd like to think we had a good time watching it. If you're think you want to have like, yeah, we'd like to think we had a good time. Well, we had our little commentary, our little riffing we, we did, were doing. We did, we did. We had watch we had it on YouTube. Fun. It's there. Play our commentary with it. Yep. You can It'll do that out shortly after this episode drops. Exactly, and you'll. I think. I think you'll like it. I think you'll have fun with it, and we hope to do this again soon. Uh, we enjoy doing these movies. Both good and bad. Good and bad. Yeah. Flipping between the but flipping between the two types. But uh, it's always fun to do these. Yeah, for our own sake, we definitely hope you have more fun with our commentary with than without. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe needs all the help it can get. So even exactly. All righty. Well, thanks for listening, and um, check out our website mlctaskforce.com Twitter at underscore taskforce. If if Twitter is still around when this drops, um, <laughs> and we have Facebook, Anchor, group. and Spotify, and exactly. But check us out. Happy holidays uh, f- uh, to all of you from all of us. Yep. Exactly. Enjoy yourselves and enjoy time with your family. And, you know, just enjoy it while it's there. Do we want to talk about Christine McVie or? Yes. Yeah, that is true. That. Speaking of speaking of enjoying time with people while you have them, it is unfortunate that we echo the news that uh, Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac has passed. It was very 
sad feelings that we convey this information to you. Yeah. She made love and fun. Yeah, exactly. She was a great singer, great songwriter, wrote some timeless music with Fleetwood Mac. Exactly. And um, it's really going to be missed. Really going to be missed. Yeah, she is. Interesting, was... interesting side note. Apparently, from an, from an article I read, her maiden name was Perfect. Christine Perfect. Perfect. If that was a stage name, the article I read did not mention that. So I want to believe that Christine McVie was perfect. Yes. There you go. All right. Well, that'll about do it for this episode. And uh, back soon. Everybody take care. Take care, y'all. Hi, toodaloo.